guys and welcome to our bonus podcast for episode 422. This is going to be a good one, I'm looking forward to this tonight. Um, we are playing a game of Coronation Street Top Trumps yeah. about bad guys on the street. Bad men, naughty men, no ladies allowed in no, the No, not on this one. So originally I wanted to do um, just villains as a character, not as a character profile, as a feature discussion on the podcast. And I can't believe that we've got 422 episodes into the show without doing that as a feature discussion, just considering how much you and I both enjoy a great bad guy on the podcast. But that's neither here nor there. Villains has come up and I thought, how can we, how can we do it a bit differently? I don't know why I decided I wanted to do it differently, but, you know, I guess I didn't want it to turn into a who's your top five villains, because that might overlap with a Patreon thing. I didn't want to run through every single villain that the show has had chronologically. So I came up with the idea of playing a game of Top Trumps. Now, this isn't something that you've particularly played before, is it? I've never played Top Trumps in you my know. life. I kind of always considered it to be a kind of fictional card game that didn't really exist, that people just talked about. It is. It's also a game where you you compete to see who has the best flatulence. Because that's right, America. Trump means fart in UK. Yeah, it does. Just in case you've forgotten that. I remember very distinctly, when I was younger, my mum had this posh friend who used to wear yellow all the time because she was a Buddhist. And she had these two incredibly posh little children. And then they came round one day and the little boy farted and the girl went, Mummy, he just did a trump. <laughs> so I, I would never... Never not hear the word fart it. when I hear the word trump. Yeah, but th- this is not what this top trumps farts. game is. What, what you get, just in case you've never played top trumps before, like Gemma, if you've been sheltered from this for your whole of your sad existence... Shut up. You get a pack of cards and it's like dinosaurs yeah and then you've okay. on your card you've got your picture of the dinosaur yeah, a few yeah. facts about them and then some categories like they made up like no not real like height and how long ago they were and power and um you know that yeah whatever, yeah, okay. whatever. i'm not a dinosaur expert <laughs> <laughs> and then then you I, I don't know exactly how you play the game but basically oh, you end you up with know. a card and then your friends and ends up with another card and then you say oh i'm gonna compare um, how many teeth my dinosaur's got? My dinosaur's got 50 teeth. How many has yours got? And you go, oh, mine's only got 47. So I'm like, oh, I win. I win your cards as a point for meal. It's something like that anyway. So I you don't, don't actually know what the I rules are? I don't know exactly the rules so of top just trumps. Been, you've just I, been putting I get my the general gist of it more than you, you do. You knew that like, I don't know. It's so been you can a long say time. whatever you like. But we're doing, we're doing something similar Did to that. We're putting our own spin on it. There might be people listening who do know how top trumps is played and might take issue. The thing is, most games of top trumps don't just involve 12 cards you yeah, have a whole pack got we've got 12 cards with 12 of the top worst of cory villains the baddest of bad guys they must have made a coronation so we're going to do our own little version top trumps they haven't card. but oh. this could be the year 60th anniversary coronation them? street top trumps Hasbro, we could help on. you with this whoever makes them so um we it was hard it was hard whittling it down to twelve. I don't know why twelve. Why not ten? Why not fourteen? Why not mind your own business? So we 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 made a list of some uh, curry baddies that we wanted to put in there. We had to whittle out. We had to weed out the 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 less important ones. I'm sorry to have to say that. And we have got our twelve. Um, I've got six. You've got six in your pack. Now I've 
some of my six are made up of characters that you didn't watch or you haven't watched. So it would have been a bit unfair for you to have had that one, I think, because we're also going to be sort of discussing them and, and maybe um, if, if, if our category that we end up picking... Um, if my category beats yours, then we can still say, well, but who is the best Corey villain or something like that? You'll, you'll, you'll pick it up as you go along. I, I barely know the rules myself to this. But yeah, so but apart, yeah. From, apart from the ones that were given to me, because I'm the only person out of the pair of us that's watched that villain, the rest are all randomly assigned, aren't they? Yes. So you've got your six. I've got my yes. six. Thank you very, very much to the people on Facebook group who've been um, suggesting, who've been sending in their scores. We put on the Facebook group back on Saturday, maybe, that we were going to be doing this. And then every day for six days, we posted two blank top trumps and people had to tell us their scores. And I've been very nerdy about this. Put a spreadsheet together that's averaged together as everybody's scores. So what we've got written after each category on the cards is a um, collaborative effort from our Facebook fan community. And, yes. and it wouldn't be fair for us to decide because Gemma would cards. just put 10s on all their categories. Yep. <laughs> so that's that's how that's happened. Um, what else have we got to talk about before we actually start? Um, this this is just bad boys, like you said. We might do the girls again sometime. I've already said that. I think, yeah. I think I've pretty much said everything. Oh, the categories. Yeah. Gemma, would you like to um, say what the categories what are, are that we're judging, um, that, that we're competing with? Right, you've got uh, six categories, and the first one is episode count, which is a so factual one. That is the only factual one that we didn't have to ask our Facebook group to, ta- to help us with. And we've got notoriety. So that's just kind of like... They're all how, out of ten, these. Yes, how famous are they? How, you know, how big are they how in the Corrie history book? Quite. Uh, damage caused. So, like, did they murder anybody? Did they mur- or did, did they yeah, just... mentally scar somebody? Yeah. Did they leave a, a path of how devastation in their wake? Yeah. Charm was another one. Like, how much did they rely on their mm-hmm. charisma? Then we've got strength, which is pretty self-explanatory. That, that's about, you know, if they're yeah. in a fist fight, are they going to knock you out? And cunning. That's mm-hmm. the final category. How, how tricksy are they? Yeah, so, exactly. So very Synonyms. important qualities, I would say, for uh, Cory Baddy or all of those. Qualities. So what we're going to do... When we do the women one, I suppose we'll have, like, hair... Cattiness. Fashion. Bitchiness. <laughs> slaggishness. <laughs> <gasps> and all the, all the awful and, and no, we outdated... No, we should be very feminist. Yes, we will. We'll give them all tens. <laughs> no, perfect ten. <laughs> Shut up! Right, we're not talking about that. I don't think that usually Top Trumps is played with dice, but we've got a dice here, because I'm going to roll... A die. A die. We're going to roll <laughs> it to help us decide what I category. I don't think you know how Top Trumps is played. This is my version of Top okay, Trumps. Okay, that's fine. You, no, you haven't. You said you didn't know how to play it. I've made it up. Okay. You will hear a die clattering, and the die is very close to the phone that Maybe we're recording we should this move on. So move it away a little bit, and that's going to tell me what category we will be comparing, and then we're going to randomly pick one of our six cards. <laughs> now I know that you don't know what you're talking about. You feel? Do you feel, feel at duped. ease more now? No, I feel duped. It's going to be fine. I promise. It's, look, let, let's just get cracking with the first yeah, round on this because we've already had seven minutes of preamble. Of you t- here. saying I don't know how top trumps is played, but I've decided at, to take at it least upon I've myself. Played it before. <laughs> Maybe that's worse because attention. I played it before and I don't know what it is. At least you got an excuse. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Whatever. Right. Go on. I'm rolling this die. Look at that. Four. Four. Right. We are comparing the charm. Of whichever, whichever villain, pick. yeah. Now I know you. I know in your pack you have got some charming villains, but I think I've I got do. a few as well. So um, yeah, I'm I think go- the villains are my first villain is 
Ooh, Alan Bradley. Oh, he's charming. Who have you got? I've got Jeff Metcalf. Ah, right. I think this that I might difficult. have won this one, actually. Well, my charm for Alan Bradley is a seven, according to right. our Facebook fans. My, I don't think Facebook really finds Jeff Metcalf all that charming. He's not really, they is gave he? gave him a four. Right, so I get a point now. Now, bonus point now. So we're going to have a bit of a chat about these characters. We'll see about the other schools that they've got. See who we... Um, just general chat about the characters really I'll, I'll start off by running down the vital statistics of Alan Bradley he was in 221 episodes of uh, Coronation Street um, he's been given 8 in notoriety and I think that that's a pretty fair score What's for his him name? Alan... <laughs> you know Jenny's dad yeah okay I reckon that's fair I reckon that's fair he was it felt like you know if you were to say 10 years or 15 years ago, how notorious is Alan Bradley? You'd say, well, he's up there. He's number one almost. Richard Hillman knocked him off that spot, didn't he? Because as we were growing up, and I I don't know how much you heard of this, obviously you weren't weren't watching Coronation Street back then, but Alan Bradley was the Corrie villain, wasn't he? He's the one. The unholy trinity of Coronation Street villains, Alan Bradley... Richard Hillman and Pat Phelan. Yeah, and I feel that these days, sadly, um, Alan Bradley has kind of fallen out of favour. Maybe the years have gone on too long. But honestly, Alan Bradley, major villain back in the time. And I think, I'm trying to think of any other huge villains before Alan Bradley. And and none of us bring into mind when we've talked about the likes of, say, Joe Donnelly on the podcast (laughs) recently. But I mean, he's he's not one of our... 12 cards after a bill right now. didn't particularly have major villains no. in the first 15, 20 years. It, it was really just about how people got on with each other. Mm. And there weren't... I mean, there proper, were, there were there, people there, who were minor annoyances to other characters. Well, there, was, there were people that would pop up for one episode and do something terrible, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. But I think Alan Bradley kind of set the trend for Coronation Street bad guys that would have a reign of terror and and Mark Eden playing Alan Bradley was on the show for three years. Alan Bradley. Alan Alan Bradley, men behaving badly, for for three (laughs) years between 1986 and 1989. And started off very, you know, he was just a guy who had had an estranged daughter, Jenny, and mum gets killed in a car accident. He comes in, wanted to make up with his his daughter, um, get to know her, he gets to know Rita, they have a have a bit of a romantic entanglement. And so it all starts off, you know, he, he's not that bad a chap. But I think I remember... It's just like what happened with Jeff. Well, quite. But I think they, they, all they were saying... Like that. Well, they said they, they hadn't planned for him, as far as I know, for him to go bad. But the character at some point, they said, well, he's in a bit of a rut, what shall I do? What should we do with him? And then they made him... It's, it's, he's literally Corrie's original supervillain, I have to say. And do you through, reckon that's true? I, I, I would say that. I don't know enough about... Uh, I, I would about. say that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he, he, I think people... Like, if you were to ask older Coronation Street fans, name me a Corrie villain, I reckon Alan Bradley's going to be up there, which I think is why 8 is a fairly good score for him um uh, our Facebook yeah but group, a lot of people wouldn't know who he was now so I, he, they it quite it, exactly exactly he's, he's not got 10 out of 10 yeah damage caused we've got seven now this is an interesting one and when i was comparing some of them earlier when i saw all the scores out the damage caused 
Well, you, you, you'll see as we go across, some of them, are, I think, are a little bit high or a little bit low, but I, I bow to the wisdom we of our Facebook group. We can't so. uh, argue. Yeah, I mean, I've got a list here of some of the damage that um, Alan Bradley wrought on the street over his three years of terror. And well, firstly, he, he abandoned Jenny when she was a little girl because his uh, marriage to her mum broke down. So Some poor, poor Jenny, traumatised. That's what the cause no of dad. the problem is. Ex- exactly, exactly. So that's pretty Ruined bad. Ruined her life. Um, but she's when, got lovely hair. When he came into the show, he, he was dating Rita fairly early on, but he was two-timing her with Gloria Todd from The Rovers, which is... What? Shock. What? Yeah, Glo- not Gloria Stella's mum, the other Gloria... Oh. There is another Gloria, believe me. What was me. her name then? Um, was it Gloria Price and Gloria Todd? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I feel like my brain. Yeah, it must be. Um, and so when Terry Duckworth started pestering Gloria one time, Alan thumped him. So that kind of that's sh- good. Give so him a mark. Damage, black eye. No, but um, he should get. He should get a mark. Like Pat should get a mark for saving Carla from a car. Yeah, okay. Hero- heroism isn't one of our categories no, here, Joe. He um he was very intimidating. When there was there was a bit when um <laughs> when Alan he started taking a bit too much interest in the cabin because after obviously after Len died, Rita was left the Spoilers. cabin and shut up. <laughs> he he was Rita was left the cabin and Alan started taking a little bit too much interest in it for someone who's you know not even married to her or anything. And then when Mavis started to worry about this uh, and, and Derek, I think, had a word with Alan about it. Alan was all threatening and intimidating Girl, towards, like, towards Derek. So, I mean... Shut your mouth, you. Yeah, so I don't know whether Derek's pants were damaged during that confrontation. So that that's a damage point. Pants. When, it's, when he started to go bad, proper bad, though, it was when he stole the deeds to number 7 Coronation Street, mortgaged the house for £15,000 by borrowing against the house under the name of Len Fairclough. So he pretended, oh, he no. said, I'm Len. Can I have £15,000, please? Shocking behaviour. do that back in the old he days. He lied to Rita and told her it was a bank loan. He then tried to rape his secretary, Dawn Prescott. That's just That's a mark against bad. him, I have to say. I'd say. that's bad. When Rita eventually found out about all this, they, did he she sit and have a nice it. chat with it? No. He tried to strangle her. Oh. He, he, he held her down on the floor, strangled her. I think it might have been at one of Jenny's birthdays, I think. And then she came back. Not like during the party or anything. I think Jenny she came. I, I can picture in my head Jenny coming back and finding him, you know, on the what floor. The with, my, my, my memories are vague. I, I might be. You, I think you're being a bit perverted. I'm not. I'm not. Making it up. Um, anyway, he was arrested. He was charged with ABH. Um, sentenced to two years, but he walked free because he'd already spent the time, um, you know, on, on remand for it. So he comes out, stalks Rita, um, chases her off to Blackpool. Isn't he naughty? He is totally not. He is a bad lad, he is Alan Bradley. Though? He's not killed anybody, which is why I, I don't think he can... I think seven is a fairly decent score for him because he... For what? For, for damage caused. He, yeah. hasn't, he's, he has got no bodies. His body count is zero here. Um, but, um, well, I suppose he has his own body, doesn't he? Because he met an untimely end um, in front of a Blackpool tram. He didn't mean tram. to, though. Yeah, but anyway. So that that's his damage score, seven. Charm went to seven as well. I thought I you were going to say he went to Charm school, so... I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's been a long time since I've watched Alan Bradley, so I can't say one way or the other how charming he was. But, I mean, if, if he was able to date... Gloria and Rita at the same time. He must have had something going for him. That's all I can say. 
Um, quite desperate that he's quite Strength, best. eight. Yeah, he was a tough guy. As I say, you've got to be tough to stand up to Terry Duckworth, I suppose. Um, and cunning, eight. Dastardly planet was to remortgage number seven. That is pretty cunning. Yeah. He was He was just a, a really bad penny. He was, he was short-tempered. He was really jealous. Very quick to blame others if things didn't go his way. Uh-huh. Um, and apparently Mark Eden received sackloads of hate mail for his betrayal of, um, of, of uh, old Alan. Yes. Um, oh, I forgot to say about the notoriety as well. I think he may well be the only Coronation Street character with a plaque. Because if we go to the Strand uh, Hotel yeah. up in Blackpool, which outside of which he was knocked down, there was a little blue plaque there, which we've seen, haven't we? Yeah, we have Saying seen this, it. Is, this is where, um, this is where uh, Alan Bradley was knocked down and killed, got 20-whatever million. That's, again, good for notoriety in the high 20s, 20 millions of viewers. Viewers. So, um, and... Final that final factoid for you here. That's all right. It's fine. You didn't tell His me. exit was ranked thirtieth on Sky One's fifty greatest TV endings in two thousand and eight, and on ITV's fifty years fifty moments anniversary countdown for Coronation Street in two thousand and ten. Eighth eighth best moment ever in Coronation Street ah. in two thousand and ten. Well, when he died. Yes. So that is my case. Alan Bradley getting an extra bonus point over Jeff over Metcalf. Over Jeff? Over Jeff? Just because he's only been in 157 episodes does not mean that this is not the worst villain we've ever seen. Just like I, do, I wonder guy. whether he's going to over- have overtaken Alan by the time um, he's finished. Yep. Um, he's not done yet. He hasn't killed anybody. But we don't know. No, what What was the... Uh, how, how notorious... He's got 10, according to our Facebook ten. group. Because I think, because he's current and he is the, the villain of the show at the moment, isn't he? He's he is currently one. incredibly notorious. He, I don't know whether he's going to keep that. who that is. And he's also got a higher damage cause than Alan because he's got nine. And I think his victims seem to be... I don't know if it's just Yasmin. We, we oh, suspect no. um, it's his wife and this other girl that he was going out with. That's true. There's something we don't know that. I think you might be forgetting the, the biggest victim <gasps> in this, Charlotte Bronte. Yeah, he does have a death count. He has got he has got a body count of one. Yeah, I think you're... Yes, I don't see how you can argue that he shouldn't get this. His charm... And the damage for that was it ended up... Didn't it end up all over the table when Yasmin spat out? Ugh. <laughs> Nobody can eat that now, Along with her broccoli. She's died for nothing. Um... Facebook group didn't find him very charming. He's got four. No, that's what I, that's the, that's what I beat you on, isn't it? And very. I think that's very true to say. The thing is, I think he's very charming to certain people. People it who enjoy hospital radio. It works on some people, and it work doesn't work at all on other on others. You're right because a lot of people up until relatively recently were saying, well, a lot of you know street residents were saying, oh yeah, nice guy, Jeff. Yeah. Um, it's it's only recently where he's. Where they've not been charmed by him. But, but I think it's right to say that for a very long time, before we even knew this was going to be a story, the viewers did found him unlikable. Yeah, so he, was un- he was not charming to us, no. so I think he deserves that low four, score, yeah. to be honest. Strengths, he's got seven. So he's got one less than Alan Bradley, which is fair enough because he's a bit older. Yeah. Well, um... I don't think he needs to use his strength to, to, to achieve his goals. I don't, I don't think he does. I mean, he's got a... 
No, he, he's tricking me. I was going to say he's got a heart problem. He doesn't have a heart no, problem. he's a liar. But, uh, but he, he was a boxer when he was younger, wasn't he? He did do some boxing, I remember he said that. So he's probably, I don't know well, whether he's, he's old, got a bit he's of old now. power in his punches there. I think he's, I think he's past his prime. I don't think it's unfair I think, yeah, I, d- I don't know whether I'd rank him quite that as high no. with his strength we'll stat now. And his cunning is nine, which is still higher than Alan, Alan Bradley. So... I He's think, very dastardly and plotting. I think the average is probably very similar here mm-hmm. of these two, but but Jeff's evil. He's a nasty piece of work. He really is, and uh, he's abusive. Yeah, and I think if you if you try to get the point off me, I think what you're actually saying is that you you agree with coercive control and you hate Yasmin and all women. Right. I don't think we can make this a competition <laughs> because we're just going to be fighting our own. If we had. Yeah, if whoever it has, which of these two do you think goes down as the greater? Mine. <laughs> no, it's not about yours and mine. It's about this one and that one. <laughs> this one. <laughs> okay, well, what do you think? No, I don't... I think, I think Jeff's story's not finished. I think Jeff's story's not finished. Um, but he... I, 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 would, I would argue that in the future, he very well could be definitely... Worse than I think he could be, especially if he gets a particularly explosive ending. Jeff Alan Bradley's notoriety came a lot from his um, his tram crash ending, and and I think that you know, looking if I was to look to the future, because it's really hard to talk about Jeff at the moment, isn't it? Because we're in the midst of it. I think in in ten years' time, if Coronation Street or so whoever does a list of top ten Corrie villains, I would guess that Alan Bradley will go down as higher on the list I don't do, what do you kind of well, see where I think where I'm you made a good here? point about him being the trailblazer yeah I think that's quite important and 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 Jeff is um is unique in in Corrie villains he, he I'm not expecting him to kill out he's not or really like because that. he's a bit like Charlie Stubbs who we'll get With, to later without the charm I'd say can I, can I have another point for Alan Bradley? I'm oh, sure you'll on, make then. your points up at some point soon. Oh, I'll, I'll even, Gemma, let you roll the dice. Your oh, I've just dropped the, the dice on the floor to, to pick our next category. So, so far, it is 2-0 to me. Ugh. This is this is just... The, the game, the night is young, Gemma. <sighs> it's t- it's ten past midnight. Game. You've made this game up and you've got two points already. <laughs> and you won't listen to anything There's got to be some benefit for say, being the person that does all the planning for this you podcast. You can't decide your, pod, your one is the best because that's biased, but mine is the best, so I get two I points. know that you have got some very strong cards in your pile. Well, that's cheating. I've got four again. Four again. So yet again, we're judging our characters on charm. So who have you got? Oh, I've got Frank Foster. Frank Foster. I have got Terry Duckworth. Oh, Charm. I think I win then. You do. Cherry Duckworth has got Cherry? a five. Terry Duckworth has got a five on Charm. Well, Frank Foster's got a seven, so I get a point. Then. Okay, so t- tell us about Frank Foster then, Gemma. So his stats are, he's in 137 episodes. He's got a notoriety of six. He's got damage caused seven. Charm is seven. Strength is six. I think that's a bit, bit mean. Um, and Cunning has he, got seven. He, he was a brains not brawn kind of guy. I don't. I don't remember him being in fights. He might have, you know, thrown the odd punch every now and then. But ah, oh, I wrote down lots of things and it's not there. Um, so Frank Foster was the was the co-owner of Underworld, and he um, basically got up to all kinds of unsavoury things. Ended up raping Carla Connor. 
Yeah, there the, was his story was didn't Maria accuse him of rape first when he when she went round there on a business meeting and that made quite an interesting yes, discussion right. about you know because I think Carlos sent, she... sent Maria and Michelle round separately to try to seduce Frank into giving her business deals yeah. and there there was a discussion around you know did not did she ask for it but you know there was a victim blaming sort of discussion we could have around that one and and he's like well, oh, I didn't I you, think... you you addressed this way well yeah exactly. Um, I always get him and Tony Gordon mixed up mm. because they were both factory boss villains. That yes, that and they did come in quite quick succession quite, as yeah, well, exactly. didn't they? So he he was basically spent a lot of time manipulating, deceiving people. I think he ended up taking half the factory off of Carla, mm. starting off a rival business. He kind of poached Sally. Oh, he did, didn't he? And he yeah, started dating her. Well, I mean that 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 took a certain amount of charm, I would say, to get Sally away from uh, <laughs> from her loyalties at Underworld. Um, and so he ended up being the victim in a Who Done It, which was rigged from the start because it was actually his mum. <laughs> Anne, who pushed him down the stairs, and we never got told she was one of the possible perpetrators, but everybody knew it was going to be her anyway. I think lots of people have guessed that it was going to be her. I, I, he I was quite like that as where, an ending, but... It was one of these ones where he basically just was a bastard to everybody, and it's kind of like what happened with Ken, where he everybody had a reason to push him down the stairs. Mm. <laughs> Literally the same situation, except that Frank Foster died, yeah. and Ken did not. I I I kind of look look back in, looking back on Frank Foster, remember him as not being a particularly likable guy. He wasn't like nasty, no nasty piece of work. But there there wasn't much likable about he him. He was very kind of shrewd. He was very yeah. He had know, no humorless. reason. Like he he didn't care if you liked him or not, and he made no yeah bother to make friends anywhere. He wasn't about that. He just wanted money. I think and he was. He was he was a total money grammar. He, he went out out for what he wanted, which is you know if you're. A, you're a businessman. I'm sure Alan Sugar would have been proud of him. Probably, yeah. He would have won The Apprentice. Looking, what, what did he get for notoriety, did you say? Six. Six. Not very... I, I think that's right, because mm. he he got lost uh, against Tony Gordon, who was a factory boss with a bit more of an explosive ending. Yeah. Um. So I, I think he gets forgotten a bit. I really he think he gets anybody. forgotten. Um, he was really just, I think, there to to die in a whodunit and I also he was in the bill the actor yeah so I just think of him I just as the think guy of him as bill, being him from the bill yeah which I really like that character and I think the actor's really cool as well oh I think he's I, I really think he's liked, awesome I liked him being in the show I always liked the villains yeah but but coming yeah so hot on the heels for, for Tony Gordon you're right didn't do him any favours but I, I definitely think he should be up but there he, 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 he deserves a place in, in our top trump sets, so I so I've got Terry Duckworth. Yeah, mine wins yours. I get two points. Write it down. What? Why is that, Gemma? Because it's my de- my turn to win. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry Duckworth, the scores that were given on our Facebook group there, nine for notoriety, and I think that that's that's fair enough because well, he kept coming back, didn't he? That's the thing. He first came, I think, in nineteen eighty three. Where's my notes about him? Yeah, nineteen eighty three. Nigel Paviro first made his appearance on Coronation Street, and his last appearance was two thousand and twelve, but with only. Three 365 episodes one for a, a whole year of Terry's if you want to watch oh, one every day um, he, he was very much on and off um, so but yeah because he was the recurring back penny because he was a Duckworth the son of the, the beloved oh. Jack and Vera yep. and every time he came back he, he broke, broke Vera's heart. heart so much and she was a beloved character people People hated him yep. and he was the sort of person that was like, you come back and surely he can't 
do anything, do anything worse, worse than last time but yeah his his list of crimes just gets worse and worse and worse the damage caused i've got here is eight i think a lot of the damage that terry caused was to his poor parents yeah but um let, let's uh, i've got a list of some of his crimes here so i mean he started off in in 1987 and he had an affair with um the wife of an old army mate i've actually written on my notes here affair with an old army mate <laughs> i assume isn't that isn't the case you out for that um, in 1992, he got arrested for GBH against a policeman. Although I think actually he didn't do it. I think he was he was put up for it. he was set up for it. Um, he was. Um, oh, did he? What did he? Have? Maybe he did hit him, but he was provoked. I don't remember. Although oh, what, I did watch this on ITV3 recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 thing that kind of showed that he really had no care for anyone but himself was on his wedding day to Lisa Horton and I really enjoyed watching just in recent years Lisa Horton who was literally just a name in Terry's past for me before she seemed like a really nice sweet girl really and she fell for his charms and he has what did I say he's got five for charms so it was enough to charm her um but when but when um they went to get married he did a runner because um he he had to be shocking yeah, it, he he did a runner from from the police. He was he was let out of jail to get <laughs> married, and yeah, and it was literally it was a ploy to to get out. Um, it was also funny. I remember when um when he was eventually um tracked down by the police. I think it might have been like it was either on top of a car park or on top of Better Buys or something. And he does like a slow mo run. The ca- you know a, a proper camera effect slow-mo run as the police are chasing after him oh, it wasn't so just, the fun. actor wasn't just pretending he, he wasn't just out of puff we no. haven't got enough budget just go slow the absolute i think i'll say the absolute worst though was when he sold his own son tommy to the hortons um which was obviously lisa's mum and dad um he just what he wanted the money i can't remember how much he sold him for but you, you don't you don't sell your own son do you that's that's just not cricket you know, you say that, but actually, it's a time-honoured tradition in Coronation Street. It's usually the women that seem to do it. Okay, fine. Well, I think he, it's um, uh, it's just the culture of the area. <laughs> he he set the ball with the ball rolling on that tradition there, but that that was a that was a horrible thing to do, and he absolutely deserved the punch that he got from Jack after that. Then, after a couple of years, the Hortons payment stopped, so he resold him again. After that, Jack wrote um, Vera, sorry, wrote him out of her will. And uh, Jack disowned him. The thing with this was every time, whenever he broke Vera's heart, she always forgave him again. I know. Because she had so much love I know, to give. And, and Jack knew. Jack knew what he was like. But he had. Yeah. He, and he just had to watch him come back and he couldn't. He couldn't yeah, he. Um, I mean, he punched him. With Vera. No. Because he, he had to stick by Vera. Him. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, he. Um, at one point, he tried to steal money from the Rovers when Jack and Vera were in charge there. Jack was trying to set him up by... He gave him a, an envelope of torn-up newspapers, that old classic, and oh. said, take, take this to the bank, Terry. That's how he tried and, to pay a mortgage, remember? Yeah, yeah. Didn't work. Um, so, yeah, he tried to steal it. He, he fell for Jack's trap. Um, he does... He does kind of have a body count, although he's not murdered anybody. He did sell a dodgy car to Vera one time, and that was the car that she took Judy Mallet out in. They had an accident, which resulted in Julie getting that embolism, and then a few weeks later, she died. She's dead. So he really should that have. He should have that on his conscience. Trouble is, he he hasn't hasn't got got one. one. (laughs) Um, 
he, uh, one time he agreed to give his son Paul, he, he had various sprogs all over the place from his numerous affairs and things. So he had a son called Paul who needed a kidney transplant around the time of the millennium. And, and Terry was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a kidney. He's my, he's my boy after all, even though he didn't know him. him. Um, but um, he would only do it if Jack gave him money. <laughs> so he, he sold... Give me money to save your grandchild. Yeah, basically. Nice one. And then he didn't even he didn't even <laughs> go through with it. He took the money and ran, which meant Vera had to donate oh her kidney. Oh, my God. Even Samir Shocking. went through with it. So he was dead. Making, making your mum go through a kidney transplant <laughs> just because you wanted a quick buck. Like Terrible behaviour. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Terrible behaviour, that is. Um... Oh, no, this was right. This is where it was framed. I'm just going through my notes. He was jailed then for attempted murder, but that was when he'd been framed. It wasn't his fault. No, he, he was in and out of prison so often, I get these mixed up. Um, he didn't come even come to Jack's funeral. We weren't invited. He's such a bad lad. He probably, he probably wouldn't have been welcome, but, but, you know. He would have been, because Vera would have needed and him. The last... She was dead. She was dead. <laughs> the last time that we saw Terry on the street was in 2012 <laughs> when he wanted to open a strip club oh, no. on the street in Viaduct Street. Um, and, and then they, then they, it wasn't his fault that they did that awful rendition of Bohemian Rhapsody. It was, it so was, I, you remember in this, right? His I add of... that to the body count because I think a lot of us died of embarrassment. <laughs> um, he, this is when he first met his son Tommy. Well, you know, first for a long time. The Tommy that he sold off came back in the guise of Chris Fountain, you remember? <laughs> yeah, what a and, um, Yeah, he, he did not care about his son. He, he used him as a pawn in his nefarious games. Oh, um, he, um, uh, he found out, though, that Tommy had inherited £12,000 from the Horton, so he kind of used him. And basically, he, um, he persuaded Tommy to burn down this club because he owed Rick Needham a load of money. Tina was able to stop Tommy from doing it, so... Terry gets Tommy to la- to lend the inheritance that he got from Jack to Rick to pay off the debt to to him so that he could pay off the debt. Terry didn't give the money to Rick Nealon. He just took it and ran off. He's very you much a take the money and run kind of guy. Don't this. give money to Terry Duckworth. How you does can't he trust keep him getting himself in situations where people give him large sums of money mm. and then he can just run away with it? I know. Well, he's a, he's a lucky chap. Um, he, we, we've got strength as eight and cunning as eight on our card as well. So um, I, I think he's a he's a pretty bad lad. Um, but how does he compare to Frank Foster, Gemma? Um, oh God. Well, you probably get another point because he's a legacy character, isn't he? I think and I he think he is. Back. I think we were able to say in our discussion of Frank, about Frank Foster that he didn't quite. Um, cut the mustard in the Corrie history book, so I will. I will happily take another point for that, and we will move Off on. So what can I say? Yeah, the the night is still young. The next, let's roll this dice again. So number one, right? Okay. This time we're going on episode count. We have got four cards each left now. I've although... got five. Yeah, you've got one of my cards. We need to. <laughs> you've got one of my cards. I wonder which one you've got. Uh, let me oh, just. Oh look. Mm-hmm. Um... Any of those that you don't remember talk, doing any notes I think about? you want this one. Do I want that one? Do I? Okay, thank you very much. Okay, so a bit of a shuffle, and then we're going to pick who, who have we got as our episode count champion. Okay. I have John Stape. I've got Pat Phelan. Oh. So I'm just going to give myself two points, because Pat Phelan's the best. Well, you're right. But look at these episode counts. You've got 358. I've got 340. 
It's uh, only 18 episodes in it. Uh, now, you're absolutely right. Gemma gets two points. No discussion here, but we will have a discussion about this. Oh, we because... have to, apparently. Well, yeah, we'll of course we do. Time. It's fine, but... We've I... got four cards left. It's fine. Saying. People have been looking forward to this. I want to give them... <clears throat> I want to give them a, a, a fun middle section. Both I might of these, need another bottle of cider. Both of these Corrie villains are absolute Corrie gold. But oh, to be yeah, fair, John reasons. Stape couldn't have really won with many of these categories. No, he's got no. He's got six and notoriety, seven for damage cause, which, you know, considering, considering that, he, that he has got he, a couple of... Um, he's definitely got a body count. I would say that people. He's got his fairly low. Six for charm. Four for strength. <laughs> yeah. He's just an English teacher. And um, two for cunning, which I find hilarious because all of his villainous misdeeds, well, pretty much accidental. most of them by accidental, weren't they? Or trying to cover up for something accidental that's happened to him. Um, I'm just, let's find my notes about him. Yeah, so you said he, um, he kidnapped Rosie, didn't he? Locked her in his dead grandma's attic and then kind of regretted it and didn't <laughs> like know what to do with it. Um, he went on to prison. Um, when he came out, he was so desperate to just be a good guy and a teacher that he took the identity of one of his ex-colleagues, John Fishwick, so that he could teach again. Um, sadly, um, oh no, this is when Charlotte Hoyle came along, who was another um, colleague of his at school. And he, um, oh yeah, when the Colin Fishwick died, and he didn't kill him, he just came to John's for a confrontation, I think, to so say, what are you doing? Being, what are you doing? I think he said, what are you doing, trying to pretend to be me? I don't remember, but he died in the middle of the lounge and then John and Charlotte smuggled Colin out in a roll of uh, carpet, yeah. which was absolutely brilliant. Classic scene. move, that. Hides him underneath the, the underworld, which is still recovering, I think, from um, the explosion. underworld disaster explosion that's going on. Um, we had... He murdered Charlotte just before the tram crash. Um... Oh, so actually, this must have been an, another reason why the, the underworld was um, being dug up because it hadn't happened then. Um, he um, turned off Charlotte's um, life, life support. support because he'd, he'd murdered her, dragged her out to the site of the tram crash to make, crash, it, look like to make it look like she'd just been popped out. on the head with some, yeah, with a rogue bit of rubble or something. Um, he then did an accidental killing of Colin's mum, Joy, when he went round her house, I think he was trying to apologise or, or say or, or try and let her know what happened to her dear son whose body was lurking underneath the factory. But he ended up putting his hand over her mouth to try and stop her calling out for a neighbour once he'd revealed what had happened and then accidentally yeah. suffocated her to death. Um, he takes Charlotte's parents and Chesney hostage. Um, he ropes Fizz in on his plan to relocate Colin's body when she catches him taking it out from underneath the factory. Um, and then his fine... Oh, and then he, he, had, he had a really fun few years, didn't he? He went on the run, he jumped off a hospital, survived yeah, somehow, <laughs> so that's his superpower on our Top Trumps game, on, his, on our supervillains. Um, and then, just for a laugh at the end, he, he pretty much started where he finished by kidnapping Rosie again to trust try and... He was trying to... Trying, trying to make he, her realise. No, he was... This was when Fizz was um, in court, I think. And all of John's crimes, Fizz had been accused of. And John had to kidnap Rosie to try and tell her, this is what happened. All you need to do is go to court and let them know this is what happened. And because Rosie's being a massive idiot... Rosie as no, my oracle. Massive dit. She couldn't remember any of it. So anyway... <laughs> 
It's like he, me trying to remember what happens on Coronation He Street. ends up getting into a car um, crash, a car chase with Kevin, which leads into a car crash. And that is the sad end of John Stape. But I absolutely loved him. And he's really divisive among Coronation Street fans, I think, isn't he? He was so bumbly. He was, he was utterly bumbly. He was, he was no master criminal. And it, it did get silly. It bumbly got, John. It got really silly. But it was a good sort of silly. Um, and he had loads of hilarious comedy moments by his, just by cause by his incompetence, really. Yeah, I kind of like, um, it's just like everything he touched went wrong. And um, I feel really sorry for him in a way. Every time he tried to fix something, he just killed people by accident. <laughs> Can you imagine the waking nightmare it must have been to be John State? I know, I know. But I mean, who thinks it, who thinks you can fix a problem by kidnapping somebody or smothering an old lady? He just kind of—I think he there was a lot of acting without thinking, yeah—and a bit of um, which yeah, is silly, reflex. really, because he's supposed to be a teacher and they're he's all supposed very to be a thinker, an yeah. English teacher. He's supposed to be deep, deep. But oh, he just had a, a, a bad luck lesson. Bad um, luck, John. Pat Phelan, Gemma. Well, where to got, start? We've dedicated so, a whole episode to him. He's got really good stats. I don't think you could beat him in many categories. Notoriety, 10. Yeah. yeah. Damage caused, 9. Mm, very high. Charm, I 8. I mean, I, I don't know why not 10 for Pat Phelan, to be honest. No. He, he had, had a... Yeah, he in his run. wake, so much <laughs> devastation. Uh, Charm, 8. So even that seems a bit low for him. I would say that he was very, very charming. He talked think... himself out of some very dodgy situations like that time when... Um, he and his partner defrauded everybody and he was going to run away but somehow he managed to make himself look like a victim and everybody... Yeah, remember, uh, remember he, 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 all the, the money that he had stolen, he gave, he it, gave back. it back to them or something. Make it, yeah, he, he was very good at twisting people around his little finger. I mean, Eileen, of course, who he ended up charming yeah, he into marrying her. Somehow. her. But so many of the characters had good things to say about... Pat Phelan, I think it was a bit of a surprise when it turned out that he oh, was, was a, a he was a wrong one. He was a total charmer. Nine, yes, he was a tough guy. Wiry and cunning. I nine. mean, how many times was he hit over the head and he still um, came, back. came back again? Yeah, cunning nine. So I just got a little potted history of what he got up to. He um, he first came into the show terrorizing Anna Windass and the Windass clan and all that lot and um, mm. Owen and. And Gary, uh, he raped Anna Windass. It said it still says on the Coropedia that he coerced her into having sex with him. And I would like an edit. <laughs> um, I think that's rape. Um, she, her relationship with Owen was left in tatters. And then she, he, he also framed her for said ladder accident. Oh yeah, then he used his magical powers of whispering to make um, <laughs> Seb think to that, make that Anna did it. Yeah, and, and also his magical powers of magic to make things disappear and never come back again in mm. terms of evidence. Um, he also, we found out, raped Nicola's mum. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, which that was a bit of a shocker for Nicola to find out. <laughs> he kept Andy in a basement for a year. Um, first of all, we thought we'd, he, he'd murdered Andy because the last thing we saw of him was him bashing him in the face with a laptop. Yeah. 
And but then it f- turned out that he'd been down in the basement all along, which I thought after was many many months. Amazing! The, I love the, this. You know, so if much. you've been listening to the podcast for a long oh. time, you know that for us, the Pat Phelan saga is right up there in the upper echelons of yes, Corey's stories. It is. Over the time that the podcast has been going on. He really first started out with his villainy, I guess, apart from the rape, with watching Michael Rodwell die. Well, that was kind of... It, when At the lighthouse scene, when it all came out to Eileen about just what a nasty piece of work he was, he he claimed the lives of four. But he did just watch Michael die, didn't he? Yeah, but, you know, he could have got him help but he didn't he, he could have yeah he also made andy kill Vinny. yes which is another one of his kill counts but then he killed andy yeah and himself. luke don't forget i haven't forgotten it's written down in front of okay. me got into a car race with luke and shot his car and blew him up is what i've written oh brilliant um he planned to escape but then eileen seagull stomped him into the sea after he confessed his crimes and then he washed up on in wales Mm-hmm. And Gary found him, and for some reason kidnapped him and brought him to the street. Which I think everything happened after that is on Gary. <laughs> it was a it was a bit of a weekend for Pat Phelan. We we said before that we thought the end was wasn't as good, but um, he got the gets journey out, was just he, fantastic. He gets out of of that predicament. He shoots his daughter, starts the siege in the bistro during Michelle's wedding, shoots her. And then eventually gets stabbed to death by Anna Winder. Of course, shooting Michelle Connor loses him a bad guy point. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the only redeeming thing he did. <laughs> he, I, I, he was such a complex, deep character, wasn't he? Especially as he went from just a, a nasty piece of work to a murderer. And we, we, I remember at the time of the podcast, we were saying, "Is he actually going to kill somebody?" Because he. Even when he watched Michael die, he talked about watching a, a rabbit die or something when he was younger that he shot, but he couldn't kill Aww. off. He, he couldn't finish off or something. And, and we were like, is it, are they ever going to make him a killer? And, and they, they did in the end. And he, and he, he claimed... He crossed the Rubicon. He did. I knew. I thought we might hear that phrase. Um, but and, and when he had Andy in the cellar as well, there was a lot of, I, I can go one way or the other here. I, could, I know. I, could let I you loved go. it. He was contemplating so much. He was probably the most... If you say that John State was a thoughtless killer, Pat Phelan was completely the opposite. He put so much thought into what he was going to do and what what kind of a man would that make him. And he really struggled, but eventually he thought, ah, screw it. Mm. Why not? So many great scenes. Even things like Eileen on the roof with him. Yeah, and you thought, scene... we thought she was going to get pushed off. Yeah, you you, you didn't know ever oh. what was going to happen. The scene where he finds out that Vinny's betrayed him and he explodes ah. in the car. Oh, I, Brilliant. As I said, we dedicated a whole episode to him after he left. and um, Because he he's worth it. Yeah. Uh, so I get two points. It's going to be a long time um, until Curry gets another. It's going to be a long time on the same level as Pat Phelan. And I, I really want them to make a female villain. And yeah. he and um, a female Phelan. And he said that as well. Mm-hmm. So, Conor uh, McIntyre said um, he he would like the next big Corey, um villain to be a, to be a woman. And I think it, we are well overdue. It's there not are... impossible. I mean, Holly Oaks has had Breeder McQueen recently. Um, Breeder that... McQueen? Yeah. Breeder? Yes, Breeder, not Brenda. Really? Yeah, that serial killer, played by the one who was um, Bob Cryer's niece or, or daughter or whatever in the bill. 
She's been huge. She's got awards. I don't know. It is. So it is absolutely possible. Emma Dale's got Kim Tate. Where's our Coronation Street version? Let's I'll move tell on. you who would be a really good one if they want to redeem the character, even though they'd have to lose her. Mm. Who do you think I'm thinking? I don't know. Who could stand up to all those names? Jenny Bradley. Carla Connor. Could be, could be. That would be incredible. That would be actually incredible. Could make her into a big, super bitch. That would put her down in Corrie history. Mm, mm. Oh, right. Time now is not the time to speculate. We are on. We are three all, Gemma. You've you've caught up to me. Let's roll this Let's dice and pick our next category. We are five, which means we're comparing the physical strength of our next picks. So randomly take a card from your pile. Here, shuffle it again. You, you give it a shuffle. If you got Charlie Stubbs, I'm uh, gonna win, surely. What have you got? Oh, nine. nine. I've he's got a builder. I've got Tony Gordon with an eight. Yes, so I win. Gemma wins the point there. Okay, so um, tell me about Charlie Stubbs. Oh, then, he's Gemma. another one I've not really written much down about. I read about him, but I didn't write anything down. What do you remember? Oh dear, he was naughty, wasn't he? Basically, um, he was kind of like Jeff, he was a um, domestic abuser who. Um, dismantled mm, Shelley's uh, self-esteem and confidence until she basically became agoraphobic and didn't want to leave. And then she, he slept with her mum, and then he and then he ripped her earrings out. <laughs> I'm not remembering. He was well. really slimy and horrible. He was, but... yeah, he was slimy. He was smug. The guy, who plays him? Uh, Bill that? Ward. Bill Ward is really fantastic in that ro- in the role. He he's we've seen him in other things, but he was really he really good at being makes slimy. Makes your skin crawl, doesn't it? Yeah, he was really so did. smug and self satisfied all the time. You could tell that he was just getting off on the power that he had over over women mm. because he was good looking. He could kind of bend them to his will and then kind of destroy their confidence so that they thought that he, they couldn't sort of continue life without... Yeah, and I, and I suppose that's the main difference between him and Jeff because there are certainly a lot of similarities in the characters and, and the way they treat women and their, their modus operandi, but it's the charm, isn't it? He had the charm, he had the looks, he had the smile, he had the women falling at, at their feet and as viewers we were we were like saying, no, oh, it's Charlie, why, why would you? Whereas Jeff really is just, oh, he's a, he's a horrible old man. He's a he's an old Mr. Burns. He's a you know evil, a grubby little grot bag. Uh, Jeff is. Um, I mean, he's a, he's been able to charm um, Yasmin and other people in the street. Thought he was just nice I old Jeff. I think he Jeff, managed it was to that... charm everybody, everybody except Yasmin, simply because they don't think too hard about it. Mm. But it was it was that smouldering sexiness of of Charlie just Stubbs. Just looking at his picture here, Michael, and that's Whoa. what I'm thinking. Um, he also, he got jilted at the altar, didn't he, by, by Shelley. What a moment. And, that is um, one of Beth my top like, yes, Corrie yes. victory moments um, ever. One of my best for Corrie wedding moments. He was not beaten by that. <laughs> no, he was beaten by something else. By something else. He then got into a relationship with, with Tracy, and unfortunately for him, if there was anybody on the street who was more than a match for a um, somebody that tries to use psychological abuse against a woman is Tracy. Yes, true. Um, Tracy uh, realised what he was doing to her and decided to take her revenge by staging an elaborate plot whereby she would 
shout and and make people think that they were arguing mm. like burn, yeah, burn her arm with an iron, iron yeah. to get evidence that he was abusing her this is like quite a problematic storyline really because he was abusing her but not physically and he but he wasn't he, he, he was, was evil but she was also he, his match wasn't he also seeing um maria at the time behind tracy's back i think that was the main reason why she was so mad at him to yeah, be honest yeah he and tried then, to drown david platt that one time as well didn't he in the he bath he tried to seduce david no, platt no drown him oh. not seduce him in the bath <laughs> i don't know what else would be doing in a bath um then eventually um she's she, yeah she see she, she seduces him and hits him over the head with a statue and then and very very satisfying end yeah hits him Although... twice it was a sickening scene wasn't it because he she hits him and then he kind of like is woozy and falls on mm. his knees and then she clonks him again Ooh. yeah i mean it certainly cold-blooded it certainly left um tracy in a bit of a predicament and, and a lot of people have said that they shouldn't have shouldn't have had her turn murderer because how is she going to come back from that? And it, it's still, it's now like all these years on, used as a bit of a joke, isn't it, that she killed somebody? I know, it's a punchline. Um, um, but that's what happened. That Yeah, so Tony Gordon, we've, we, we've talked about him being a, a bit Frank Foster-ish um, before Frank Foster came Hang on, along. I've got, I've got to do my oh, you've got to do the rest of your stats. So he's, on, he was in 418 episodes. His notoriety is nine. Mm. I would say that was more for the way he died than for what his crimes yeah, really were. I agree. He was just a scumbaggy guy. Yeah. Um, who was a psychological tormentor. Got, there were some very memorable Charlie Stubb scenes in my head, but notoriety for his you know, whole tenure, I would say, not so much, but very famous death. Damage caused eight. That's quite high for somebody that didn't kill anybody. Yeah. And um, really only really managed well, he destroyed Shelley's life but she kind of reclaimed it mm. and um he 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 didn't destroy Tracy's life she did it to herself <laughs> he ended up getting her pregnant as well Shelley towards the end because she think thinks she in a in a show of her empowerment ended up going to bed with him well, one she, last yeah time he tricked end. her into sleeping with him again and then said oh you stupid idiot and she's like what have I done mm. um so there was a Charlie Stubbs Jr somewhere about there and the how world. long ago was that um I don't know. I mean, you got the. Oh, you didn't write the date. No, I didn't write the date. Two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. No, no time soon for revenge. Then not quite. No, nobody to take revenge on either. A charm True. eight. Well, I guess you could go against Tracy. Like you killed my dad. Oh yeah. Kind of like who was that that did that? You killed, and it was rubbish. I don't know. Um, charm, charm eight, strength nine. Yeah, because he's builder. Mm-hmm. And cunning seven. I think that's I think that's right. I may, maybe I think, give him a, a maybe I would give him six, but just because it, I feel it's the same way about him as I do about Jeff, I think it's an animalistic instinct. I don't think they calculate very much. I think that Jeff. I think that Jeff has had more of a, a long more game cunning. with his plots. Yeah, more cunning, and and Charlie had his his little. He had his little schemes, but like, they were like, never like. Oh, I'm like going to make t- her fat. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to make. I'm going to get everybody to sponsor Shelley to lose weight or something. But, but it's really it's a way of shaming Shelley publicly for her weight. And he had a big totalizer in the Rovers bar, that kind of thing. And didn't he buy her a dress that he knew was too small? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Horrible, horrible man. I know, but it doesn't take a particular. It's not like a genius level plan, is it? No, that's my point. Okay, so Tony Gordon then, my my um, pick for this round. Are you going to do his accent? No, I've done enough Scottish accents already on the the other bit of the podcast tonight. Notoriety, seven. Mm, I guess so. 
He's he is more notorious than Frank Foster. We said that they've got a lot in common. Didn't Frank have a six? I don't know on your card. I think. Um, I, I would kind of agree yeah. with that. At the time, he was massive, but I think as the years have gone on, and it was two thousand and ten that he left, so it's been ten years. Yeah, not that He's long. not been in the show. I would say that his fame among Corrie fans has waned. Yeah, I think so as well, which is a shame because he was pretty um, bombastic character. Well, he was, and we've got damaged cause as an eight here, starting off with um, killing a colony of bats because the Victoria Court <laughs> flats is there because he was the property developer or something uh, along those lines, wasn't he? And I remember him fighting against Roy who wanted to protect the bats, and he just had them gassed out anyway, because, <laughs> like Frank Foster... I'm not laughing he about had, bats. He had no... Yeah. Um, he, he had no compassion or, or care. care for any, anybody. His, he, he, what, he knew what he wanted, and he went out and took it, no matter who got in his path. Um, similar, interestingly, to Ray, he plans to buy the garage and the cabin so that he could expand the factory... So he had he had designs on taking over a large proportion of that, and it does make me wonder, like, ooh, what if, what if Ray is secretly a relation of Tony Gordon or something, and he's now going to be taking over that side of the street as a, mm-hmm. well, as, a as a tribute to his late <laughs> oh, yeah. Scottish uncle or something. I, I, I yeah. don't know, you know, may, we'll maybe, find out maybe Ray, yeah. Could be that, that'd be a nice little throwback there. Um, so. Yeah, he wanted to buy the the, the 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 garage, but when Kevin refused, Tony hired a mechanic friend to sabotage Kevin's business and steal his customers. So he he didn't give up easy. He was very is tenacious. The right word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he um, he not only took on you know people of his size and stature. He also was um, he found no harm in menacing um, weak. Pensioners, Jed Stone, who oh, returns to Coronation Street for the first time since the 60s um, um, and was now living in a terrace just round the corner. He just, you know, never came to the Rovers in any of that time. No, why would um, you? Tony, uh, Tony wanted, was trying to clear out that block of uh, of houses so that he could um, redevelop the property. So he, um, he kind of menaces Jed for a bit and threatens to move him out of the place and causes Jed to have a heart attack. Um, he later in the year strangled Jed um, when he finds <laughs> out about him being behind Liam Connor's death because yeah. that was that was the main that was the first like truly awful thing that Tony yeah, Gordon did, did wasn't it? Because um, he he'd been going out with Carla and he found out that Carla and Liam were having an affair, so he then plotted as as Liam's best man at the same time to have him run down on the stag do and that. I mean, one of the things that makes him notorious in a little way is those Tony Gordon masks that everyone yeah, was wearing on Liam Stagdo, which is very, very iconic, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Jed finds out about this. Tony tries to strangle him. He survives, but moves to Wigan when Tony orders him to. And it's around this point, I think, that... Um, I can't remember whether it was Carla or Maria or somebody was were convinced that he killed Jed. So he has to bring Jed back to say, look, look, he's really alive. Um he was he very creepily started to get involved with Maria, Liam's um, ex-wife, after Liam died. And on the anniversary of Liam's death the next year, he proposed to Maria. Um, Bloody hell, the cat is just drinking so loudly. The cat so is loudly. drinking very, very loudly from, our, like from her bowl at the moment. So I don't know whether you can hear that at the Have moment. Have you finished yet? 
she's finished. He fools Carla into thinking she's killed his henchman, Jimmy, when he sends... Did he, I think he sent Jimmy to go and kill Carla, but she whacked him over the head with something. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, he, he's kind of he kind of broke into her flat, didn't he? Yeah, and then she then he made her think that she killed him. So there's some serious mental damage going on there. Um, he tried to murder Roy Cropper, and that is the awful crime. Everybody loved Roy, um, and that was because Tony had had a heart attack, and on his deathbed he confessed to Roy about what had happened with Liam. So then he had to, when he got better, he had to try and off Roy Cropper. <laughs> he ends up pushing him in the canal and Roy can't swim, but he drowns him. So he's got some kind of conscience, which kind of loses him he some villain points, him. I have to say. No, I mean, he saves he him. He saves him, sorry, he saves him. Yeah, so that does lose him a few villain points. Um, he is eventually sent down for Liam's murder, but escapes by pretending to have a heart attack in prison. And then one of his henchmen... Um, pulls over the ambulance and, and takes him back mm. to the street nice where he holds Carla and Haley hostage, shoots this henchman, Robbie, um, sets the factory Rude. on fire. Very cool, um, explosive ending, as you said, setting the factory on fire. So that that's totally but he, Gordon, but really. He, he, but the thing is, he lets Haley go and he keeps Carla, but then she escapes and then he blows himself up. Yeah, he did so, have... He did have a bit of a conscience, didn't he? Ever so slightly. But he, he really was, you know, pretty rotten to the core. He he didn't care what got in his way as long as he got what he wanted. He would have people killed for personal gain. Even like, you know, as I say, people like Jed and Roy, he, he had a he had a good crack at. Um he was a he was a proper nasty piece of work. He was very imposing, physically imposing and uh dominant sort of person wasn't he yeah. he's not the sort of person that you wanted to have as an enemy because you know that he would just get you yeah flat flatten you basically um so who are we gonna have who are we gonna give the point to here as the better villain i'm i am on the fence with this one are you what are you thinking i think i think it's got to be tony gordon because <clears throat> he tried to kill lots of people yeah i suppose and so charlie Stubbs was just um just mean look looking back on the two characters i would say that i enjoyed charlie stubbs more he was more of a like oh i yeah. hate you yeah and and just the smarm of yeah. uh, of charlie I, I, it makes your blood boil a little bit i don't ever i don't usually find factory businessy sort of stories and people involved in those stories that interesting i know but so how much I, can you accuse somebody of being a, a business person storyline when they're trying to blow a factory mm. up rather than getting new orders in <laughs> but yeah I, I do recognize that tony gordon probably in the cory annals will end up being remembered for a, a little bit more than charlie stubbs yeah. so i will i will happily take the points there <sighs> which the points puts away. us with two cards left at four all. Um, I think it's your turn to roll the dice. What have we got for that? One. One. Ah, so we are on episode count again. Give your cards another a final shuffle, Gemma. <laughs> I wonder whether our listeners are guessing which of our, the four villains are, are on we, our cards yeah, here. We, we, we haven't even we said. Haven't said no, it's more fun to reveal it as it goes. Yeah, it I'm is. sure there's one particular villain that everyone thinks that, that, that he's definitely there. Right. I have picked John Lindsay. I have picked Richard Hillman. That's the one. Right, you've won this one, Gemma. John Lindsay was only in 67 episodes. Um, my guy. I sing a song about him. Nothing you can do, can do. It's Richard Hillman. 
216. Yeah. So John John Lindsay's tenure on the street was short but sweet. Um, he's He's got eight and notoriety Does here. Does he get a mark for or against for the fact that it's John with no H? That's shocking. Although I think it's short for Jonathan, isn't it? I'll let him off. Um, if I had, for, my name was Jonathan, but I shortened, shortened it to John. I'd be tempted to take the H out, you know, just to make it easier to write. <laughs> Is that fraudulent? I don't know, my music teacher did that though. Um, I would say, sadly, John Lindsay <laughs> has, has kind of been forgotten by the Corrie fandom. I John would say, who? John. <laughs> you, you don't know much about You've not know. really seen him. He was you the know guy. the story. The story's more famous than the villain in this case, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. He was the guy who was involved in the, the Free the Weatherfield one. He's the guy who sent Lin, um, Deirdre to jail. I've got a bit of a soft spot for him only because he's my first big villain. <laughs> that oh, you never I, I, I was a curry, a curry villain virgin before John Lindsay came along you didn't for the need first to take few it years. <laughs> and I got so invested. You were cherry popped. <laughs> Carry on. I was so invested in this John Lindsay story. I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a placard outside of number 10 Downing Street saying free John, free God, John if Weatherfield. Only, if or, only that was, the, that was where we were with society. But th- this was that at a be, time that when... was such a blessed time. When spoilers weren't quite so rampant. I didn't know what was going on. I mean, I wasn't even watching all the episodes, to be fair. But what, when you crazy fool? But the, the story goes that Deirdre finds this guy, John, and this is a few years after poor Samir has died, but she's ready to move on. And she, she comes across this again. suave so-called airline pilot, um, a divorcee with a vindictive ex-wife. And this was before all those rubbish airlines like Flybe and oh, Ryanair, yeah. where they just basically get... So if you're whoever's... a pilot, you are the creme de la creme yeah. of Weatherfield. Yeah. However, Ken spots him working at a tie shop, and I remember seeing that and going, at oh my air- gosh, at the, at the, at the airport. airport. What did I say? No, a tie shop at a the airport. A tie shop at the airport. Because I you never believe get tie shops anywhere else. No. <laughs> John had conned Deirdre, he'd conned the viewers, he'd conned me. and Conned you? You felt it's personal that, now. That I, 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 I remember just being utterly shocked and stunned by this amazing twist that he'd taken us all in. Maybe it was just moonlighting. John, John obviously, Ken goes and tells Deirdre this, and John just says, oh, I had to retire from piloting after I, I failed... He should have said... Piloting, piloting... I had to retire to <laughs> <laughs> he, he tried. He tried to, you know, get get away from it. Um, get away with it. Get away with it, but... Um, and, and Deirdre wanted to believe it, of course... Um, oh, all the time, though, and this is you know, another revelation later on, not only is he not a pilot, <laughs> but he's also got a wife and kids. I thought you were say he doesn't even like flying. <laughs> no, he's got a wife and kids. What? Yeah, and he so he starts telling her when he doesn't come back to her that I'm, I'm travelling, I'm still travelling all over the country. I've been promoted. Selling ties. Selling, selling ties. I'm a door-to-door Big tie salesman or something like that. Um, but it really starts ramping up when he <laughs> applies for a mortgage using a false identity, gives Deirdre a credit card, completely blissfully unaware that she's spending this money fraudulently, um, and then he and he signs the house into Deirdre's name. He he literally sets it up perfectly so that when it all comes out, Deirdre ends up taking the blame. Um, and this all this all came out at the time when Deirdre discovered about his ex-wife in a 
absolutely brilliant scene was when Deirdre goes to this wife's house or his house, opens the door. <laughs> I can't remember whether it's the wife or John there, but basically she she says to John, go on then, lie your way out of this one. And just the, the venom in Deirdre's <laughs> eyes as she's spitting that line out Good. to him. Um, this Stop obviously... trying to be enthusiastic about this so you can try and win my point. You're not winning I'm not, this. I'm not, I'm, I mean... He was I'm... so good. He was a dice. I know, <laughs> I know that I am not going to win against Richard good. Hillman good. here, but I am, I am agree. putting up a fight yeah, well. for John Lindsay yeah. because, as I say, my first, he... That he then went and and caused the the free the Weatherfield one story. Even Tony Blair uh, asked for the Home Secretary to intervene. Was that Jack Such Stroop? did no. it grip it the Jack nation? Stroop. I don't know, um, but he was he was just so cool and it? collected. He was very intelligent. Uh, whenever the police questioned him, he had he had a comeback. He was very smart. I I, I loved him. I'm looking forward. I haven't seen to him coming on to classic Coronation I Street. I, I guess next year it was next um, year fantastic Gosh. story um just with just the points because i don't think i said this before notoriety eight damage cause eight charm eight strength four maybe although <laughs> he probably could strangle you with a tie and <laughs> cunning seven absolutely he he did not waver john uh, Lindsay. um yeah sadly forgotten as i say that the story in this case is more famous than the guy behind it so i've uh, gone Gemma. Why should why should Richard Hillman beat John Lindsay? Oh, because he is such a wrong. Needless he was. to say, so he I think before Pat Phelan came along, Richard Hillman was the number one Coronation Street villain. Yeah, um, and in many in... in the hearts and minds of many Coronation Street fans, he still is. And still this, is. Yeah, this could true. be a debate that we we don't have time for this now, but it could. It's one for the ages, isn't it? Oh yeah, we could, we could. Uh, so he was in two hundred and sixteen episodes. Notoriety ten. Yeah, damage caused nine. Charm eight, strength seven, and cunning nine, um, and he got up to all kinds. Of, I think he's probably I don't know who has got the biggest body count on the on the show, but he's got quite a, a a big one, isn't he? Well, he he didn't actually kill Dougie Ferguson, did he? He was a bit of that was well, a bit of a again, Michael was, situation, yeah. wasn't it? He this was is how they, this is why I always found it interesting that there are parallels between Richard Hillman and Pat. There really are because they try to build sympathy and also they have to up the ante. So the first kill is is accidental mm. because if you start off with them just bludgeoning people and burying them in holes, mm. you can't really go anywhere with it. It has to start off somewhere sort of relatively low stakes yeah, as far but, as murder But the second goes. one was definitely on purpose, so, old Patricia. He, he, the first time he's even in, in the show, he's he's a wrong one because he turns up at Alma's funeral and pretends to be her cousin. I don't know whether it was actually he pretended or whether he was and they just never confirmed it, was it? Well, he said he was her cousin and he hit it off with Gail. Got into big business with Dougie Ferguson then they had an argument and he, and he fell through some banisters and injured himself and, just, and Richard just left him to mm. die there. I think it was because he wanted the money. He went and raided yeah. Dougie's safe afterwards, if I remember rightly. Then his ex-wife Patricia turns up to demand money. So he kills her with a spade. Brilliant. Buries her underneath the foundations of a block of flats or something, doesn't he? Do you remember what Pat Phelan's original wife was called? Um, Valerie. I'm just interested here because Richard Hillman's wife's Patricia... Mm. I just wonder if we're going to get a villain who's the male version of Valerie. <laughs> um, right, so yeah, she yeah she's buried. I she's think, buried. I think in, I'm making that. He's buried. Well, Val Kilmer. He's, he's, that's a man's you, name. You keep going. I'm going to confirm that. 
There is a body in the foundation of the new flats. Then he starts to go bankrupt. So he decides he's going to kill Audrey to inherit the money because at this point he's... Is he married to Gail? Is he dating her? He thinks he's going to get his hands on um, the money if Audrey dies. So how he does this is he sets fire to her house, but she gets rescued by Steve and Archie Shuttleworth. All that gaslighting stuff was great because we oh, were all on, on Audrey's side and she was with Archie She's as well, like, wasn't oh she, at the God. time? Yeah, she was the only one that saw what Richard was really Everyone like. Everyone believes we... her. I mean, nobody believes her apart from Archie and Norris, who both see through mm. Richard Hillman. Oh, yeah, but Norris. he basically makes her look crazy. And she's like, Richard's trying to kill me. And everyone's like, oh, you batty old woman. Um, he sets his sight on Emily because he has she signed up for an equity release scheme and he is set to inherit her house if she dies. So he breaks into the house while she's watching tele- television and she's babysitting the peacock children. Mm. And um, blood tries to bludgeon her to death, but she doesn't die. But Maxine comes in at that moment and that's when we get the fo- most famous line in Corrie. I think this is the most famous line in Corrie. Mm, There's plenty of really good ones, but you should have said it at the party, Maxine. It's probably... Why didn't they put him on one of these anniversary stamps? (laughs) It should have been on a stamp. I would have definitely bought that one. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Hillman and, uh, and Peacock on a stamp there's, there. Perhaps there's some kind of old bylaw that says you can't depict a crime on a stamp. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, so he, yeah, so he, he basically kills, he kills Maxine. He mm. thinks he's killed Emily, but he hasn't. He frames Aidan Critchley, who is Sarah's annoying boyfriend. And um, he then discovers that he has inherited money from somebody else. So all of this scheming was for absolutely nothing. And he starts to get guilty about what he's done. Yeah, he did have a bit of a conscience, he didn't he? He definitely had a conscience. No, See, he his did. thing, he, he, did. Just, he just wanted a happy family life, he didn't he? He wanted to marry Gail, have the kids. He didn't want he any of these problems. And, and, no, and he, anything that got in the way of him having this, he just he had to... He killed it. Yeah, basically. Um, he feels guilty and then Gail starts to get suspicious of him. So he confronts... She confronts him and then he confesses everything. And that's when we get another really famous curry line, which is your... Um, <laughs> I've forgotten it. Um, Norman, Bates, Bates Norman Bates with, with a briefcase. You're, you're Richard Hillman with a briefcase. <laughs> and he's like, I oh, know, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what somebody else in the future is going to be called. Yeah, definitely. Richard Hillman without a briefcase. Um, yeah, so, so he confesses to everything and runs away. And then he returns not very long later and he's decided he wants to kill Gail himself and the children to atone for his sins. Um, he tries to do it in a car, but then I think Kevin f- finds them and he sort of escapes and then drives in- into the canal playing the You and Me song mm. as the- he drives them in- into the water. And unfortunately... That episode, that is like one of the best that's episodes one of, the best. of Coronation it Street. It really is that, one That's of the, the one that, I've, and I've said this story on the podcast before, that I watched without you when we were at university. And I had no idea that that was going to happen. <laughs> and you, you were out doing your, your, your evening job, came back and was like, Jeremy, you've got to watch tonight's episode. It was fantastic. And that, that's how you, you kill off a villain as bad as Richard Hillman. And although they're... Pat Thulin's exit had its merits. This it, was truly iconic and you couldn't fault it. No. He drives into the canal with all the with kids in the car and, and Gail and he's like, okay, I love you! Mm. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then um, they all escape apart from him because he is obviously determined to die. And um, they they fish him out of the canal. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. Uh, intelligent guy, charmer, 
um, cunning and um, manipulative. You never know what he's going to do next. Charming. I've already said that one. He he is a real ultimate Cory villain. And I think so. The first. I mean, there there had been big Cory villains before him. Obviously, we got our Alan Bradleys. We got our John Lindsays. Even Jez Quigley had happened before then. Um, but, he but he was, was like the first he was the first murderer. super villain, yeah. I would say, in yeah. Coronation Street. Uh, jo- John, Ad- Alan, and others, they were they were wrong ones. Terry, but he was the Corrie's first super villain, and and as I said, the debate between is it him or Pat Phelan? Oh, it will rage on just, until I'm, we get another one. I'm just one. glad, Gemma, that we haven't got into a situation in this game where I add Pat, you add Richard, all the other way around, and we had to agree with, between Which us one? who we gets the point. We wouldn't have agreed. I don't, well, I don't, it's difficult to say, isn't it's it? It's really difficult to say. I'm just glad that we've got two really iconic characters to argue about. Yeah. Right, we are down to our final card, Gemma, and as of now, the score is 6-4 to you. So I you can't can win, but I could draw if my character wins both of the points Mine, I've got a really bad character. Okay, well, let's see. Because, oh, I almost lost the dice then. Where did you get that dice from? I stole it from school. Okay, good. Right. It's two. That means we are saying how notorious are these characters. Gemma, who have you got? Who's your character's name first? My character's name is Callum Logan. Right, I've got Lewis Archer. Oh, God. I've got a feeling that we might have the same score, you know. We might have to re-roll. So well, after three, what's your score? One, two, three, seven. seven. <laughs> right, we got to re-roll this. Oh. So they're equally notorious, apparently. Notorious. So, oh, I did a bit of spin on the dice there. Two, oh, two well again. Done. Six. Six. Cunning. Okay. All right. One, two, three, nine. Seven. Right, so I get the point here. <laughs> we could end up with a draw here, you know. I don't know. mind I'm, draw as long as you don't win. I, I, <laughs> I can't win, don't worry, I cannot win. So, um, I certainly, looking back on the, the, the two of these villains, have got fonder memories of Lewis Archer. I think so too, but don't forget, Callum was involved in the live episode where he got murdered. Oh, I, I think know. that's pretty he, he, amazing. He and, was only in it for a Archer's year. Lewis Archer's ending was not very satisfying. No, it, it, it was tragic and it led to... And he wasn't a villain at the end. He, he wasn't. I mean, some Callum people might say that this, he lived, that, like that Lewis Archer shouldn't even be on this list because... Um, I think they're wrong. But, he 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 had his fair share of um, tricksiness over the uh, well the ten years that he was in the program on and off. For example, convincing Audrey to invest hundred thousand pounds in a hotel with in Greece, flirting with Deirdre so that he could uh, uh, cheat at the bookies, abandoning Audrey. Um, uh, there, there was a lot of teaming up with a psychic. Oh yeah, teaming up with Rosemary the yeah. psychic. Um, but I mean, his making making a peach bellini. That that was his top moment. I think uh, that it wasn't that couldn't be. That I couldn't wish be they beaten. hadn't killed him off. Do you know how fabulous he would have been with Claudia in? Um, oh yeah, Shady Acres or whatever it's called. They could they could have got him there at Stillwaters, couldn't they? If if I think back at like truly iconic Corrie villains, there's there's often a string of scenes that really stand out in my mind, and I have to say that there aren't many Lewis Archer scenes, but it was just... I just loved no, Ni- um, the thing about Nigel's uh, Haver's portrayal of him. He, yeah. He's obviously got a 10 for charm here. The thing about him is that he was definitely fraudulent, but it was more a case of 
what I want doesn't mesh with what you want, but I'm gonna get my what I want anyway. Mm. And and he yeah because he had. But I guess that's what you could say. Because he had that women. charm, he could just get anything that he wanted. It, it was only malicious when it came to Gail. Well, yeah. The the reason that he had dropped Gail in it, sort of midway through his tenure, was well, she messed because, around with him trying to get with Audrey. Yeah, basically, because Audrey was the. The love, love of, of his, his life, life. <laughs> at the end. And, and Gail kind of interfered oh. in that because they, working with Gloria, the other Gloria, Gloria Price, conned him into thinking that Gloria was dying because they wanted to test him to see whether he would try and steal her money. And when he finds out about this, he sets about trying to charm the pants off Gail, literally, um, <laughs> which which ends in, yeah, that that... that fantastic scene where Italian they f- where they find a video from him in the Italian for Lovers DVD. Gail thinks that she's going off to Italy with him but he's left a, a goodbye video message basically saying I've stolen £40,000 from you David, you're a weasel face yeah, um, yeah. and uh, it, I love it you Audrey epic, epic, epic oh, stuff. It was a, it's a shame that God. his 2018 was it 2018 reappearance just, he just wasn't in it enough no, but, he, he returned with, with Rosemary, didn't he? And yeah. he was sort of like half-heartedly trying to cause havoc. And yeah. then he decided to uh, um, go down the straight and narrow. And But Audrey didn't believe it. And then he died before she got a chance to yeah, it's, let him it's know that... Yeah, really, really tragic. It was tragic. I love him. But he, he's, a, he's a real kind of Bond villain, isn't he? I can imagine oh, that. Yeah, definitely. He's stroking his he's like He's like James Bond's evil stepdad. <laughs> Play tennis with him. I, I love him. So, That's um, probably what made him into do you wanna, such a Do you want to remind us about Callum Logan before There's we uh, get really our final much scores? to say about him. He was a drug dealer. He's, he was Max Max's real dad. Yes. And he was um, dating Kylie Platt for a while um, around the time she was pregnant with Max and a bit before. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, I believe that's how it happened. She... <laughs> She, he basically, I don't know who got her into drugs, but they were doing drugs together a lot. And then he went to prison. When he came back, he tried to get Max back um, and used all kinds of underhanded um, methods as well as legal ones and uh, made them go to all these meetings and things. Mm. And I remember this. Do you remember the scene where Max found a gun? Yes. In, uh, in Callum's he flat. He finds the gun and... Um, Sarah freaks out yeah. and he basically doesn't he date a bunch of women and make them pit them against each other and stuff maybe I think it was maybe it was just Sarah um, so he basically like uh, has a crusade like a reign of terror against the Platt family he and was very very prominent character in the show for that year that didn't he, was he in, date he? Ma- date Sarah and then go off with Maria I think so and Sarah was like he's evil um she found, yeah, and then he kept trying to get Max back. But he was dating Sarah, and then she broke it off with him. And then she called him around her house and tried to secretly film him so that she could um, unmask him as a villain. But he found, he realised immediately what she was doing and tried to attack her. And it looked like he was going to try and rape her. And that he was sort of straddling her and, like, choking yeah, her. This was on the floor this was, great, wasn't This it? was in the live episode... Mm. And this was amazing acting from all the people involved in this. Tina O'Brien did an amazing job. Mm. Um, and and then he gets whacked on the head by Kylie Platt and murdered in that house. 
and they drag him, his body, into the granny annex. Gales. Yeah, they were, they were not done with his story, were they? No, you were you were convinced we weren't going to discover his corpse. I thought that he might escape. Oh yeah, I did. I thought that they was that was going to be the Platt's dark secret underneath yeah. underneath the granny annex for and decades. Then, but no, alas. Six months after he dies, Sarah gives birth to his son, who's still in the show, Harry, and. Um, she thought that he was haunting he him, he didn't was, She thought the spirit of Callum was inhabiting the Platt which, house. Which, which got a bit silly, but it also I loved it. it well, no, it was a part of her mental breakdown. Acting. But she got sectioned, didn't she? They came and grabbed her. Yeah, yeah. So Callum, I think, um, semi-notorious. I don't know whether he's going to properly go down in history, but I do remember at the time he was all everyone was talking about on Coronation Street. Some people were saying we're getting an over saturation of Callum here going it on. It was part bit... of the Platt dominance, wasn't it? Where every every year yeah. it felt like every, whatever story was just the Platts. Mm. We don't mm. really get that so much anymore. It feels Not like so there much. are two major stories every year now. It used to be just one, and it always used to be something to do with the Platts. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, he was... Uh, was he intimidating? I don't know. He, he was he, a drug dealer. He was a drug dealer, but he was also a little bit camp, wasn't he, in his acting? He, he was a bit. He was a sort of, you think, I could, I could maybe take you, but he was also a bit thin. Oh, and, did you? Yeah. You've I can say that. I can say this about him. Delusions of grandeur you have. Um, but he, he's, he's kind of wiry, wasn't he? But, um, he, but he did have his, his gangster sidekicks, like Gemma as yeah, well. Gemma and Not Macca. very intimidating as, as far as sidekicks go, to be honest. No. Not like Bebop and Rocksteady, mm. are they? So, I mean, when you look at <laughs> when you look at how villainous, how bad, how nasty, how much devastation they left, I'd probably say that Callum would win there as if we're comparing him to Lewis Archer. Because as a drug dealer, think about the number of well, lives that he would have out. indirectly yeah, exactly. um, destroyed. But if we're looking at which one of those two are the best characters, which of the villains do we have fondest memories of? I think it's if you were to Lewis. say to somebody. Like, what's your first thought if I say to you Lewis Archer or if I say to you Callum Logan? I think people would have to pause and sort of remind themselves who is Callum Logan. Yeah. Whereas nobody, I think most Corey fans would be like, ah, oh, Lewis. I, I, they'd either have to pause to, rem- to remember who Callum Logan is or they'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was in it a bit too much. and he, Yeah, whereas I think, I think lots of people, their first reaction to Lewis Archer would be like, Ooh. Oh, <laughs> so can I take? Draw? Can I have that point and, uh, and have a draw? A I, I don't know. Maybe that's you're just bit... giving it to yourself now. I've got no control. I mean, I don't know. We we didn't plan for what cop would happen out. if there was a draw. We could. I win. No, that's so it's not alphabetically fair. by surname or first name. Yes. I think the ending <laughs> on a draw here is fine, Gemma. We should have had a final round, but you know we didn't. We didn't. So. Okay. I, I thought that was pretty fun. You enjoy that? Yeah, that was fun, even though you don't know how to play Trump Trumps. It doesn't matter. I've I've set a new rule set now. So when we come back to this, this is the established the, the coronation women podcast. And we'll be able to do the same rules. So we could maybe even do this for other characters. You know, if people if people liked this, it depends on if people thought this was interesting to listen to or not. Yeah, and was it the game that made it interesting, or was it the fact that we're talking about villains and we all love a good Cory villain? Yeah, but we could do we could do anything. Top we Trumps, could do couldn't like, we? Like. Land barmaid top trumps. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. I, I <laughs> just don't. It. I just Ooh, don't want to. Tr- I don't want it to cross over with the Patreon too much. But yeah, I, I thought that was quite fun. So if you thought it was fun as well, why don't you write in and let us know, Gemma? Yeah. How do they do that? Conversationstreet at gmail dot com. You can find us on Twitter at conversationstreet. 
uh, we're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, which is where people scored the um, top trumps cards. Thank you for doing that, so everybody. If you were involved, be involved in some more of the behind the scenes parts of the podcast. And if you don't want to join the Patreon, you can go and join our Facebook group. Yeah, which is good because it's private and nobody can see what you write. Because exactly. I know that sometimes you write things on pages and then some random aunt will come and go, what is this you're in? Why are you writing about this? And you're like, bugger off. Yeah, Conversation Street can be your secret shame. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we also um, do our scores for the week as well, yeah, isn't it? if you want to score the show out of five, Corrie, something funny. Corrie, not Conversation Street. Uh, always five for us, please. Yes, you can review us on iTunes and... Um, and like and subscribe on YouTube. Yeah, smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go now? Yeah, darling? I'm going I to bed. I think that's enough. It is what time have we got? It's a quarter past one in the morning. Everyone, yeah, oh, it's, it's a like one tonight. But past your bedtime. It, I I feel that the 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 witching hour is the perfect time to have been talking oh, about yeah. Coronation Street villains. I, I think it's quite apt. So thank you everybody for thank listening. Thank you for listening. Have a lovely See weekend. See you next time. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Hey, hey, hey.